Hey, Real Nerds listeners, there's many ways you can interact with the Real Nerds podcast. You can email us at realnerds at gmail.com. You can hit us on Twitter at Real Nerds. You want to check us on Facebook? You can just look for Real Nerds Podcast. You want to leave us a voicemail? Just call 720-6NERDS5. You want to listen to our episodes? You can check us out on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Camera action! Well, a real nerd knows who shot, and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd can talk to film. I'm sorry. Take it outside. Well, a real nerd knows who shot, and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd. This is Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Fan Expo 2022, where you can see us live in like a prime spot Saturday, 11 a.m. I'm pulling some strings from uh, behind the scenes and seeing if we can get a celebrity guest. Maybe, maybe not. But we'll also be doing a panel for celebrating, I guess, Army of Darkness. And that's all cool. But we have some really big news that broke in the last two hours. You guys, I was at Sam's Club and they have these new like gym shorts that are so comfortable and it is so nice. Nothing else has happened today. Nothing of importance. Um, It doesn't even matter that Jurassic World Dominions are film of the week. It's I found these really cool shorts at Sam's Club and man, they are so comfortable. How much were they? Eight dollars. Oh man, $8? and cheap. Yeah, they're two dollars mm. off right now, and I'm wearing them, dude. They're like styling. They're probably the best thing that's ever happened to this podcast today. Nothing but else has happened. How much is the man. membership into Sam's Club? I don't know. My in-laws pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, so privileged. I know. So it's just probably the greatest thing that's ever happened today. That's amazing. Okay, okay, fine. If only I could have your life. Mm-hmm. Fine, fine, fine. I'm jealous that Peter Parker, aka Ryan, always dresses better than me. Yeah, well, you got to get your gym shorts at uh, Sam's Club, guys, for eight bucks. I'm telling you, uh, um, I I support Costco, sir. You son of a! Oh, do you have a Costco card? No, my parents do. It's totally <laughs> off topic, but they have these really great golf balls there that are really cheap. Uh, we'll talk later. Okay, um, right on. There's Ryan always fishing for balls. You know it, <laughs> man. Your life is so great, Ryan. Like you, you find these I, these comfortable shorts, and you're mm-hmm. a highly res- respected profession that never runs into any criticism. You're just living it, man. Dude, I am. Um, it would, the only way it'd be cooler is if I was I had a film selected for uh, Troma Dance, which is a film festival, I guess, in Pennsylvania. But since that's mm-hmm. not important, let's just move on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah that's right none of us got into trauma dance not even yeah, close not even close i can't believe they over hey brad tell us how one of your films ended up in a huge film festival i don't know i uh <laughs> i sent them jean-claude van damme's damn van uh on a blu-ray and um then they posted a thing of send online version mm-hmm. like enter online so i sent them it again and I don't remember sending the Legend of Drunken Brewmaster to them, but uh, I guess I did. I must have just thrown out a second email with an attachment. Um, or do you think they clicked your link and found it 
And while I think Jean-Claude Van Damme, Sam Van is good, I think uh, your Brewmaster one is more uh, Troma style. I, I'm guessing, like, yeah, maybe they peruse my, I doubt it. Like, they, they say they get a lot of submissions, but I think I'd probably just send a second thing thinking, like, you know, Van Damme's like 30 minutes, and I think mm-hmm. a four-minute short will probably program easier. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's like a block of films. Um, so I, I yeah, I think it just the shorter runtime, they were able to fit as many as they could into the festival that way. Whereas I would take up a ton of time, which deservedly so. But that's awesome. Yeah. Out of nowhere. Yeah. So con- um, so congrats, my friend. Part of the Troma Dance uh, family now. Uh, yeah. The, some of my friends have uh, been in there before too, and so they congratulated me and said like, "Hey, welcome to the club." So yeah. nice. Um, but now I got to figure out, like, can I even go see it? It's at a drive-in in in Pennsylvania. Oh man. You got to find a way to do that. Uh, like initially looking up flights, it's like $600 both ways. So yeah. Then you got to find lodging and a car. Like the, the drive-in's just like right outside Allentown. So you could fly in and maybe even just, you know, Uber there pretty quickly, but yeah, it's it's a bit uh, tricky right now. Is that now. through the Allentown Airport? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. So, what part of uh, Pennsylvania is that at? Is it eastern, western, or eastern? It's like right above. It's between Scranton and Philadelphia. So, pardon me, wants to so, take a little side trip to Scranton. Yeah. So what I would do, and so you you check the Allentown Airport. Okay. Is where you check flights to. Yeah check flights to philadelphia because philadelphia is a major hub yeah that was so, my first choice actually and then i was like oh like there's this place even closer and it's, it's still yeah it's, it's just because jet fuel is so expensive and i'd almost rather just drive there instead well i mean i don't know if it's cheaper to drive that's like a 30 hour drive yeah it's a, it's a little cheaper but not much yeah so <laughs> it's like how much do i want to you know because flying's awful so, you know, the, the, the 30 hour runtime might be like more preferable to checking in and sitting on a plane with people who are disgruntled and on edge. And oh, that's kind of gone away because now, dude, fuck, you don't have to wear a mask. So do I want to get sick? doing this <laughs> i was on a plane to vegas and i was like with a hundred thousand people in vegas i'm i'm good to go right yeah what happens to me when i fly that is true but pre-covid yeah, yeah. i'm just saying you can wear a mask you don't have to not wear one <laughs> i guess i should stop looking all the armrests on the flight when i go that might be a yeah thing. i mean yeah. that's mm-hmm. that's the big thing so yeah, we'll see. Um, the star of the film, one of the stars of the film, has some Southwest vouchers, so maybe that's hmm. how we'll get. I don't know. I don't know how Southwest is. I flew them to Vegas. They're really nice. If you check in a, um, you know, a day uh, a day early, you usually get pretty good seating. So yeah, that's what I want to do. Is like the funny thing is too is I have like my family, my grandparents like lived outside of there too. So. Mm-hmm. One of the towns is also close to that, so it's it's funny that it's so hard for me to get there. <laughs> yeah, but we'll figure it out. It'll be cool to do, but it's it's July fifteenth through the seventeenth. Yeah, so it's I, I got to figure it out really fast. Well, 
You'll figure it out though, buddy, because you 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 should be there to celebrate your victory there. Yeah. And then too, is it like is it a thing that I should be there for? Because it's at a drive-in. It's not like they're going to have like people up on stage doing Q's and Q and A's either. So you never know. I mean, ask Zach Bynes; he might know. Like the past trauma festivals were like indoor venues. I think the outdoor has just been a recent thing, right? Uh, it must have been in order to accommodate COVID. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, they the Friday and Saturday they've got the classic like heavy hitter trauma films. Then Sunday is all the, you know, indie creator stuff. So I'm like, like, I want to see all the other films, but I'm like, maybe I could just go out for Sunday. Would that be cheaper? Yeah. You kind of want to be there for the whole thing. Cause how often is it going to happen? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, fuck. What happens if you pick up like two extra, you know, Instacart shifts, just do two <laughs> extra ones. They'll pay for it, right? Yep. I'll just work my ass. The, the funny thing too is, well, I, I got excited because I, I didn't have much of anything in my life scheduled for that weekend. So I was like, "What a what a bonus!" But then I was like, "Oh, that would be a great week to pick up Instacarts because <laughs> I could like I could just bust my ass and make like a hundred dollars a day, and that would pay for it." But I'll I would be in Pennsylvania and I would lose those days. So anyway. Oh, the glasses are on the way. <laughs> nice. And the stickers are on the way. Well, see, if we yeah. sell a shit tons of those, we'll use them to your fucking festival fund. Oh, that's nice of you. I think we I'm should serious. use it towards the website, but uh, <laughs> uh, well, not my own personal <laughs> flights hey, of fancy. On. The website's what, 165 bucks a, a year? Yeah, something like that. So, Brad... At Comic-Con, we will sell all that stuff to pay for you to go. And if we have to, and and from now until the end of the year, I will, again, pay for the website so you can go to your fucking uh, thing. So let's... Uh... It's so kind of you, Ryan. It's like my own personal GoFundMe. <laughs> yeah. We have lots lots of cool shit we can sell at the con. Let's yeah. fucking use it as a way to get you to Pennsylvania. Agreed. You hear that, fans? Show up at yeah. the show, buy our glasses, send me to Pennsylvania for a weekend. Buy oh, our yeah. shit so that Brad can go have fun, damn it. Sorry. Yeah. Making yeah. a hard sell here. <laughs> hard Watch my job interrupt and saying, like, you can't go away for three days. We're not giving you Friday off. And that's when you <sighs> quit. We're trying to make ads, damn it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But that's what we're doing at Con. Sending Brad to Pennsylvania. Fingers crossed. Make it happen. Yep. So um, we need to sell those glasses, people listening. And they're really cool. They're freaking Army of Darkness inspired. So they look awesome. I've My freaking older brother, who's not on Facebook, but is on Instagram, he texts me like a day ago and says, hey, I want an Evil Dead shirt. And he <laughs> doesn't care anything about me. So it's really... Just kidding. Um, I, I, he's never asked for a real nerd shirt before. What's so, the size? XXL. I don't think we have an extra one of those. I looked at the order. Well, I ordered two extras of every size. So oh, if he, so we do. Uh, the two extras are for the con, so we'll only have two of each shirt at the con. Okay. For people that didn't order already. Well, so, send him a text message and say, "Hey, I have an extra one. If you want it right now, you have to pay for it." So. Yeah. Cool. I have a feeling like that's going to happen a lot before we get to the show as people are going to jump in and be like, Hey, sorry, I missed the thing. Can I, can I jump ahead? 
and then we'll have no shirts for the show. Yeah. Hey, here's the thing too, is uh, this might be our buzziest wink, wink uh, design we've had in a long time. Cause I've had people that don't care, reach out like my wife, you know, my wife will always wear them and support me, but she's never sent me a message saying to make sure I got her one. It's been, and then my older brother, it's been really kind of a trip. So, um, I don't know if it's people miss our designs because it's been a few years or what. Maybe I just knocked out the park with this one. I don't know. I mean, I think you did. I think it looks awesome and it's unique. So, uh, like, I don't know. I'm still wrestling with like, I wish we had the extra money that we could put the slogan on the back too, but that's all right. Anyway, this is an exclusive one. So, if we want to do a second run of this, there's nothing stopping us. So, that or we can make ones that say hell to the nerds baby yeah. on the front i'm hoping so that we once we get our shit together points. and we get our shopify store open like this will be all a you know print on demand thing that you know we don't have to worry about as much anymore hell yeah so yeah pretty cool yeah. and also buy our stickers because we got the ton yeah. of those coming and i think we're selling for so, like two bucks a piece or something because so uh i'm already i have a new water bottle that i'm going to take all those stickers i'm going to put them around my water bottle so i'll have a real nerds water bottle hell yeah so i actually look- looked into printing on water bottles <laughs> i was at it too <laughs> but, yeah might as well fuck it swag stuff we all get go nuts this week on real nerds podcast we went to a prehistoric world that is now inhabiting our world. Brad, do you recommend Jurassic World Dominion? Uh, it's mm, I, I'm in the middle on this one because it's fun having all the old characters back, and you know, their movies about dinosaurs, and you know, special effects are great and all, and it's epic. But at the end of the day, like, I just didn't get into this movie. Um, there's like a lot of half-baked stuff that just felt too afraid to like uh, like half-baked ideas that were like, you know, this would be cool, but then they don't go anywhere like deep with it. Um, so, you know, it felt like that fell by the wayside of like, hey, make sure there's a, just more spec, just stuff a ton of spectacle, spectacle in this. And it felt like there were two movies going on at the same time and they don't really converge in a satisfying way that feels like a good payoff so you know it just feels like another jurassic world movie um and there's parts of it that i forgot carried over from fallen kingdom that was like oh yeah that's a science fiction thing that i forgot about so yeah i it's it's just made for me zach um i'm a little bit more kinder than brad i guess um because i agree that the story is kind of a mess um, but dinosaur stuff happened, um, and I there's a particular uh, demise via dino that tickled my nostalgia button to no end. Um, but yeah, I do feel like it's a little bit overbloated, and at certain points they're trying to cram in a couple different genres that um, that just kind of slow the pace of the movie. Um, I mean, it's kind of remarkable they've been able to get elaborate stories at all out of that first movie even this or even the second one um from jurassic park and lost world um so i'm kind of just shocked that the series has continued at all um so i if you're a fan of the series and you want to watch some dinosaur stuff 
go and check it out. Otherwise, I I don't know how else to really sell it. <laughs> I saw the new Jurassic Park film and it extincts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I stole that from Brad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Yeah, I'm with Brad. It's it's almost like you're watching a film. And they add like a character just to add a character and their motivations don't make sense to me. Uh, mm-hmm. And I always think a film is in trouble when you have a quote unquote news report recapping the last <laughs> two movies. Yeah. Which I don't think is necessary since they both made over a billion dollars. But what do I know? I'm not well, in charge well, of the studio. Well, well Malia, Malia hadn't seen um, uh, Fallen Kingdom yet. So that helped somebody like her who hadn't seen that second one, but it was like that news report was cheesy. And then they we'll, we'll talk about it in, in the po- spoilers, but it comes back and I just didn't like it. So, yeah, there's a lot of almost their ideas. Yeah. I mean, the special effects are cool. I like that. They use a lot of animatronic dinosaurs, but I mean, it's a dinosaur movie. It's fun, but it's just not quite there. Here's a trailer for, Jurassic World Dominion. Blue, you had a baby. That's impossible. Hey, girl. You look just like your mother. power has now been unleashed we made a terrible mistake the doomsday clock might be about out of time gonna survive what matters is what we do now i could use your expertise you coming or what a baby raptor i made a promise we would bring her home you made a promise to a dinosaur yeah why everybody hold on to somebody that can't be right Is carnivore the world has ever seen. Run! See? Not so bad. Jurassic World Dominion starts with a locust invasion through some other evil corporation named biosyn clever (laughs) and uh these previously extinct locusts only attack certain farms except the ones that aren't farming biosyn seed which i guess can be genetically altered (laughs) in these insects 
And it's also dealing with the fact that there's dinosaurs now loose in the world. And how do we as people cope with uh, an animal that's been extinct for so long? And can they coexist? Which I think is a way more interesting story. And I don't need all the biosyn stuff. Um, because I don't even understand. Uh, maybe you guys can help me. I don't understand Peter Parker's dad. I, what's his... Uh, like, what's his motivation? I don't understand. We he's, Dodson. To... He, he's Dodson from the first film, except it's not the same actor. So he's been wanting to just work with the same technology and the, the dino DNA that Hammond was in the first one. It's a different. No, I understand that. But why is he killing everything? Because he's a greedy billionaire. I don't know. He's not. <laughs> he's not trying to. He's like, you know, they're, 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 he's basically a stand in for Monsanto. And so their goal is to inject their bio code into all the food that everyone's eating in the world and so like you know uh that'll with that code in the food then they can control the profits you know if someone's harvesting a certain food they'd be like oh well we get a piece of that because our genetic code's in there um so that's his side project but uh uh, bd wong or whatever says like hey this thing's going off the rails we should shut it down which is also confusing because wasn't he a bad guy i know right first one and now he's some like recluse scientist and he was a good guy I, in the park movies and then yeah. the world made him like oh i've got a villainous subplot and then by the third one he's like oh i was just a scientist i didn't mean to do any of these things like yeah, i just want to help the world and it's funny i actually i didn't mind fallen kingdom i thought the end was really cool it's kind of a horror movie but then I totally forgot that that one girl was a clone yeah. until I was really mm-hmm. weirdly told by the news report at the beginning of the fucking movie. Yeah. Seems like they weren't good at keeping that secret if that's really out there for the world. So like the news report reminds me of like in the Resident Evil movies when they talk about like Alice being like this one special yeah. person. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. Like a descendant of, I don't know, Charlotte something. I, yeah. Lockwood, <laughs> Charlie Lockwood, yeah, yeah. That that was the whole thing. Like, oh yeah, I forgot. Like, part of me is like, a clone. That seems a clone of a human. That seems dumb. But I'm like, oh, that's also a world where like they brought back dinosaurs. So I guess it could happen. But it just seems so, uh, un, like just added. And that's the whole thing about this movie. It feels like they had a plot where there's this genetic, uh, like the thing with the grasshoppers, then Owen and uh, Claire, and then they got to like the board meeting and they said like. It's just not all there. What else can we do on a short amount of time? Like, uh, can we get the three original guys back and just throw them in there? And then it just feels like, yeah, they got shoehorned into their own subplot because it did. But I had more fun with their stuff. Oh, for sure. Like I enjoyed yeah, watching their story. Their their story is way more fun. But their whole yeah, illusion when... is just yeah, yeah. I mean, the part where Malcolm is hitting on uh, Sadler is just cracking me up, and Sam Neill is so great in that scene where even though it's been 25 years and you know, they've all moved on. He still has that jealousy from the first film Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, Ian Malcolm is this handsome renegade, (laughs) you know, mathematician and um, Dr. Sadler, it seems like she's falling for his charms, but what's really cool is it kind of deviates with him taking down the company from within which I thought's really cool. I, I, I like that part a lot. Yeah, but their whole like trying to get them into the plot is like you know in Jurassic Park, it's 
hey, you're a bunch of archaeologists and we want you to come and just like stay at the island like a bunch of vacationers for the week. Uh, but in this movie, they're like super spies. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> they're like slinking around and like, yeah, mm-hmm. action and, adventuring. Yeah. I, and so, I mean, this is where I lose some of the movies. So they go in to steal the sample from the locusts. And then they set off this huge alarm and nobody comes like no security mm-hmm. comes or anything. That, and eventually walks around the corner. Yeah. I don't know. It's we got that in here, but I know, but what I, what I do love is one of my most favorite part in this whole freaking movie besides, you know, T-Rex and them fighting is at the end where Ellie is telling Dr. Grant that, you know, she's going to do this and do that and she can do whatever. And he stops her and he says, Ellie, I'm going where you're going. Mm-hmm. I loved that moment. I thought that was a great moment. Yeah. I mean, there, there's fun moments in it. Every time I thought I wasn't liking the film, it did something that I enjoyed. So that's why I'm not like supremely like baffled by or disappointed by it. I mean, like in all honesty, like I, I don't, I don't know why, but like the the more that they've made sequels to Jurassic World, like with these last two, I've kept getting the feeling of like maybe you should have just stopped short there at that Jurassic World and just let it be because we've stopped being about the idea of dinosaurs in a theme park, which is a, a brilliant idea in and of itself, and then we're turning it into globe trotting adventures that I just. I don't know. I I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, technically, the Lost World puts a T-Rex in the middle of San Diego, but I mean, that felt a little bit more grounded in what Crichton set up with those first two books. It's and funny in 97 like, when I watched that, I, like I thought that was out of place. Yeah. <laughs> and it and seems now so I'm tame like, now. <laughs> yeah, now I'm clamoring for that because they, they give you a reason for it. And like, I just, I don't, I don't, the the more they've carried on with Claire and Owen's story, the less interested I've become in them as characters. At one point, Trevor O takes this into like taken with dinosaurs territory again, and yeah. it turns into an action film set in uh, they're in Egypt, right? I think um, uh, or Spain. No, they're like Morocco or Morocco. That they're they're somewhere that they're somewhere else, and it just somewhere exotic. Into, <laughs> yeah, it turns it turns into. A, I'm not. I'm swear. I'm not trying to be offensive. I just. I'm trying to remember. But it literally turns into a spy globetrotting action film that I'm like, you just stuck dinosaurs in here to make it a Jurassic Park movie. You didn't and make it. Yeah, and that's what you know I mean. What I even forget that it's not the lady's fault. I think she's a fine actress. But why is she decide? Why does she decide to help Claire? I don't understand. Just yeah, because yeah. she saw her picture and she's looking for her kid. I, I don't get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that I whole mean, dinosaur mm-hmm. smuggling ring that looked like a... The- cantina on tatooine <laughs> like yeah you know what like, i was thinking of i was thinking of the underground in land of the dead where yeah. they have yeah. <laughs> like you can take pictures with zombies and that's what i was thinking of yeah and, and also like how is the world so comfortable with dinosaurs around like there's still like they had a uh, like flashbacks to people in trailers just like out camping no big deal you know like mm-hmm. what are the chances of a dinosaur finding us uh and then like what was the other thing um Oh yeah, like in the the Moroccan square or whatever, there's like two T Rexes or whatever. And there's like just a dude on a razor scooter that gets like <laughs> he was like within their vicinity. Like he was this already staying like 
wouldn't he scoot away like immediately as soon as like a dinosaur comes around the corner like oh, i should probably get my ass out of here no he you try chomped. between them bro <laughs> Uh, I am it, Johnny Knoxville. Welcome to Jackass. It's like he was going to a museum, and then like they just dropped in some T Rexes into the square, <laughs> and he was like surprised mm-hmm. by it. Like, what? But it, I do love to. Uh, Malcolm has this great line where he says how s- stupid Claire and Owen's story is, where he says, "You made a promise to a dinosaur." A dinosaur. <laughs> and I mean, it, it's not. Again, all the actors I really I like I like Bryce Dallas Howard. She's turned into a great director, by the way. Mm-hmm. And I, I like Chris Pratt, but just the the story seems like it's half cooked. And I think Brad's right. They go, Man, we have somewhat of a story here. Let's get the legacy characters back because that seems what people are clamoring for right now. Mm-hmm. And you know, put them in a film because I mean I thought it was the most fun is when they were on camera. So I don't know. Yeah. And th- there are isolated fun moments where Trevorrow gets to have fun with dinosaur horror. I mean, like that one shot of Claire going into the lake to try to avoid being seen by that big claw dinosaur thingy was a good shot. Um, my favorite moment in this movie is Dodson getting his just desserts with a spitting lizard. So, you know, like seeing the Barbasol can see like, those are the, those are the nostalgia moments I wanted. And I got them, but I, th- that doesn't mean that it overall satisfied me as a film goer. Like it, this movie should have been trimmed down by like 15, 20 minutes. Number yeah, one, and, but you know, and yeah. I mean, I T-Rex is my favorite dinosaur. So I loved, you know, the fight at the end. I thought it was cool. I mean, it right. looks spectacular. I mean, I, I will give huge hats off to the digital effects artists because they are on point in this fucking movie well right was it just me or, or my screening but actually like blues running seemed like it was uh the frame rate was off is that just me uh, yeah i didn't notice it like every time i had blue on screen especially in the beginning of the movie um like i was always like taken out of it being like it seems like there's frames missing or it's not composited right um so yeah that uh, my just be my screening yeah i didn't i didn't notice well at mine there's this girl um so i took my buddy to alamo and we're sitting there and this girl comes in about five minutes before the movie starts and she writes on her order card it was like a novel and (laughs) i've never seen this the the waiter gets over there and he has to take out it wasn't his phone but he had like some little flashlight to read it all and then she was explaining it to him and I don't know, he got, you could tell he got annoyed. And then about halfway through the movie, she held up her phone and started texting. And I just, I stared at her. I don't know, for like a minute until I, she would realize that someone's staring at her. And then she's like, Oh man, she put it, then she put it down and she tried to pick it up a little later and her boyfriend like slapped it out of her hand. <laughs> Not like a real slap, but like, you know, pushed it down. Yeah. And um, when she got up to leave, I said, you're really fucking rude. <laughs> she oh. just looked at me like I was an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. So that, that was my screening. <laughs> um, but yeah, back to the, like the legacy character story. I was thinking too about how early on the movie, you know, the mystery is solved. We know it's um, Biosyn 
genetically engineering these grasshoppers, whatever. Um, like how much better would the story have been if uh, Ellie and Alan actually have to solve the mystery by the end of the movie? You know, as soon as she yeah. stands up on that fence, she's like, oh, I bet it's biosyn and uh, the, the grasshoppers are eating everyone else's crop but theirs. I just have to go get the proof. And so the, yeah. the movie becomes, oh, we just have to break into this facility and get a, a digital file. Cool. Like, that's so yeah. passive. Like, it should be active where they're like, I wonder who's doing this. Um, you know, the, the Malcolm's like, hey, it's some shit's going on over here. Maybe you want to take a look at that. And then we find out by the end, like, oh, it's this, it is the grasshoppers and yeah, or locusts, yeah. whatever. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, it's, it's um, such a weird. Yeah, it, again, it just feels like there was the Owen and Claire story. They have to go get the baby dinosaur back and Charlotte. And then mm-hmm. the executives were like, eh, it just kind of feels like the last movie. So, like, what can we do to, like, s- sell this better? You know, hire the other three. Yeah. 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 Again, it, I mean, it's... I was only disappointed because I thought the last film, even though there was some issues, I thought I thought the direction was better. And I thought the the end, the horror elements with the uh, whatever I forget the name of the raptor, Indoraptor, I think it was called, um, was just had more tension to it and was better shot. And um, I don't know, I, I missed that part of it where you know Spielberg really captured it in the first one, where it's a sci-fi film, but I also think it's kind of a horror film. Yeah, and as a theme about like the da- actual the actual dangers of like the consequences of this kind of science whereas this one yeah like it, it the movie we're like we're in a world where they're coexisting like it feels like mm-hmm. three movies later they're still not seriously touching that subject because i felt like everyone is very yeah. nonplussed that they live in a world where dinosaurs could kill them at any minute like the rest yeah, of us is going agreed. on business as usual like you go to best buy <laughs> and like not <laughs> it's like Shaun of the dinosaurs. dead one of like like some dinosaurs pushing your cart in and stuff and go Man, I hope he doesn't get off his, you know, containment chain. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a it's a film that kind of speaks to the result of growing up with Spielberg movies, because that first Jurassic Park shows it as an actual danger to have created this ecological disaster. And the the response to this is, yeah, but when I was growing up, I wanted to live with the dinosaurs. So this is the result of the world that Spielberg has built in fandom culture. And it's kind of nice to see but it takes away from this lovely thing that the first and even the second film did which is we shouldn't be doing this they were extinct and we should leave them there so this film almost does it you know with the mosasaurus at the beginning eating the crab off the crab boat and damaging it Mm -hmm. i mean there's repercussions for animals that large yeah ecosystem yeah. yeah it's it's again it's it's like what if we had what we wanted and it's like well i guess be careful what you wish for but also we're gonna have we're gonna be friends with these raptors <laughs> yeah like it the the world should really be like a mad max post-future thing and i thought that's what we were heading towards yeah. in that last shot in fallen kingdom i'm like maybe this will be great and now they've been little baby raptors are just annoying birds of the park <laughs> <laughs> It's cute, but I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> I had fun. Dinosaur like, stuff happened. I saw some animatronics, and I liked that. <laughs> yeah, that was that was really nice to see them bring back the animatronics, mm-hmm. for the, especially for the close up shots. Agreed. gives it gives it weight and yeah, substantialness. 
if that's a word. <laughs> I mean, you know what you're saying. Like it, it makes the, it makes the world feel as real. I was watching a behind the scenes doc on the first Jurassic park after we got out. And I was just like, man, it's great because he didn't use the CGI as his dependency, even though it's obviously brand new and not fully tested. He was still trying to work with Stan Winston's animatronics and have them work in tandem. And every time they've deviated from it, like it's just felt less real. So I appreciate whenever I see an animatronic at work or a puppet. Yep. Yep. We have one big news story of the week, and you thought it was Brad going to trauma dance, but it's not. It's real news. All right, guys, I got some bad news. Tom Hanks doesn't like the Da Vinci Code sequels. No, I'm kidding. That's not the news. Well, that 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 news breaks my heart because I like those movies. Um, no, we got uh, some t- title revelations from two big properties. First of all, Ryan Johnson has revealed the title for Knives Out 2. It will be called Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. Uh, with the Ooh. cast uh, revealed as Edward Norton, Janelle Monet, Catherine Hahn, Leslie Odom Jr., Jessica Henwick, and Madeline Klein with Kate Hudson and Dave Bautista. Uh, and then uh, the other title reveal... Uh, along with the start of filming has been guys we've waited long enough that lovable marmalade loving bear is coming back uh, in Paddington in Peru. So he's going back to his origins. He's going back to where he was taken and placed then placed into London. So yeah, Paddington in Peru coming to you. Sounds like next year. I don't know. Um, So they're totally going to turn the E in Peru into a three, right? (laughs) <laughs> I mean, if I, if I was in charge so. of the marketing, it totally would be. I I hope so. Um, but yeah, there is a new director attached um, uh, as opposed to the original. The new director will be Dougal Wilson replacing Paul King. Uh, so yeah, let's uh, hope that it carries the magic of those first two Paddington pictures. I'm excited for say, Knives Out 2, too, as well. Yeah, I've had a crush on uh, Janelle Monet since uh, Hidden Figures. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see what she does next. Hell yeah. And that's the news. Man, Hollywood staging a comeback. Check out these box office numbers. Jurassic World stomps the competition. Dude, I could do, be a headline writer for a newspaper. I really could be. Uh, I know, with $143 million this weekend. Um, but the big story is, is Top Gun slid only like 40% again and did $50 million this weekend. So, you know, Top Gun seems like it's going to have really long legs and is eventually going to be, I'm guessing after today, the highest grossing movie of the year already. Yeah. So it's going to be yeah. Dr. Strange for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. going to have really long legs until man, maybe Thor. Um, so yeah, yeah I mean, I, cause Thor is I, two, I three weeks see, away. I still need to see this Top Gun Maverick, man. Maybe you someday. Out. <laughs> maybe someday you need to see it three times. Yeah. No. You're really behind. No, yeah. no. 
No, once is enough for a prior IP. Don't <laughs> get it. I'm hoping I missed the uh, IMAX uh, screening, so I'm hoping that um, mm. Jurassic World doesn't do well enough, and they bring Top Gun back to IMAX. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure they will. Um, well, Jurassic World's only going to be in IMAX for a week because next week our film of the week is Lightyear, and that mm. is taking over premium screens. Mm. Gotcha. So. Uh, when Brad and I saw Maverick in 4DX, they had the trailer for Lightyear synced to 4DX, which is the first time I've been to 4DX where they've done that. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, I, I think that movie, I mean, it looks really nice. And hopefully they pulled off a cool story about the real origin of Buzz Lightyear. The, the character, not the toy. <laughs> yes. The character who the toys based off of <laughs> yes exactly i guess because i thought it was a cartoon but i could be remembering toy story wrong i mean uh, I in know. the world of toy story yeah it's a cartoon but yeah i don't know I, I find it so odd that people are having trouble um understanding what Lightyear is like it, it seems like it makes sense to me um like if you weren't a real person and you were living in the world of the toy you're playing with, like this would be that thing, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's weird. It, All the discourse I see where people are like, so where are the other toys? Like, oh no, no, toy yeah, movie. No, I'm just, just like, what? The f- how is this not no, registering with you? Obviously, the toy based off of whatever this is. <laughs> or I mean, you know, I guess they had, you know hulk hogan and rambo you know cartoons so <laughs> yeah you know yeah no i think it looks fun and then i think it'll be a good times had by the nerds yeah so thanks for listening um hopefully other nerds have sent stuff in if not this is the end of the show and we'll see you at the movies bye bye It's Corinne here for another installment of Showtime, where I tell you all about something cool I've been watching. So instead of a twofer this week, I'm going to be doing a threefer. I'm going to be talking about three anime I've been watching lately, and I'll mostly recommend them. I do have a couple reservations about some of them, but I'm like, you know, it's not for everybody, but um, I just at least want to give you an idea of what's out there in case you are interested. So the first one I tackled was the first season of Demon Slayer which I kind of liked. Um, there was a lot of narration from the main character, and it got to be really annoying sometimes. But overall, I thought that the, the fights were well done. The plot was good. It, you know, it got you really immersed into the story. And anyway, it was, it was mostly okay. There was a, like this, I don't know, like a seven-episode arc kind of toward the latter part of the season that I skipped most of it. it. I just, it's kind of hard to explain why, but basically I got spoiled a little bit about what happened at the very end of the season, and so I skipped ahead, watched the last few episodes of the season, then I was like, well, should I go back and finish that arc? And I was like, nah. <laughs> you know, but then I was like, I already know what happens, and I kind of don't care. Sometimes I love shonen anime for the most part, but 
that is one of the things that gets to be really annoying is like they drag fights out for forever and admittedly this had like multiple um enemies in a single arc but even still it's like oh why do these fights take so long and of course a lot of it is oh what should i do and you know characters are thinking for like multiple minutes of screen time it's like come on just do something (laughs) um but yeah i know mugen train is out there and that's like the continuation of uh the show i don't know if the second season is dropped anywhere yet probably but um i do want to see mugen train eventually and i do you know if a second season gets uploaded to netflix or somewhere very accessible i'd probably watch it but yeah generally if you like shonen anime uh, and you haven't seen Demon Slayer yet, because I feel like I'm at the very end of this train. <laughs> I know when we went to Fan Expo last year, a lot of people were dressed up for Demon Slayer. So I know it's really popular. But yeah, if you haven't seen it yet, and you like shonen anime, I think you might like Demon Slayer. So then the second one I watched, which was really good, but also mega depressing... Is called Kotaro Lives Alone. It's an anime, ex- uh, sorry, it's a Netflix exclusive anime, and generally, yeah, it's about a four-year-old boy who lives on his own in this apartment, and his neighbors kind of become his found family, and so it's very heartwarming, it's very touching. A couple of scenes, like, made me cry, or almost made me cry, but oh my gosh, it is just so depressing. You just hear about, like, everything that goes on in this kid's life and, like, everything he has to navigate himself because the adults, at least his family members and the adults who have been responsible for him up till now have just let him down time and time again. And, man, it was just, it was really hard. I ended up binge-watching it all in a single night, which was maybe not the best approach because then I got really depressed. So maybe if you you know, just watched an episode a day, you might have a little bit better experience with it. It is a similar format with, um, like, The Way of the House Husband or The Disastrous Life of Psyche K, where they have little vignettes within episodes. So within one episode, they might go through six different little mini-stories. And so some of them are more upbeat, more light, and very funny. I laughed out loud several times during the series. It's generally like a slice of life, kind of like a comedy, but again, it gets to be really depressing. So I don't know if I would recommend it to everybody, but if it's something that sounds like a show you might like, maybe again, give it a give it a chance, but <laughs> don't watch multiple episodes in one sitting unless you're prepared mentally for that. So then the last one, and the one I will recommend the most highly, and I think that everybody should watch, whether you're a fan of anime or not, is called, well, it's written as Spy X Family. I'm not sure if you're supposed to say the X or not, but anyway, it's written as Spy X Family. It is ongoing, as far as I understand. There are 11 episodes out right now. I'm assuming the 12th is going to drop, like, later this week. And it's on Hulu, so if you have Hulu, give that a... It's so good. So the premise is that this, um... It's kind of, like, set in, like, a fake Europe. Like, almost East and West Germany. This spy from, like, fake West Germany infiltrates fake East Germany. And 
they order him to connect with this really important official who's, like, never out in public. And to do that, he has to go, well, he has to send a child to this school so that they, you know, he can meet this official through their kids. Well, the thing is, he's a spy. He doesn't have a child. He doesn't have a wife or anything like that. So he has to adopt a girl and get married so that they have this semblance of being, like, this normal family. And then, of course, everything kind of spirals from there. So it's like we have a spy. He ends up marrying a lady who he does not realize is an assassin. And then he adopts a girl who he does not realize is a telepath. So there's just, like, a lot of uh, ingredients there for disaster, chaos, hilarity, all of the above. It is a fantastic show. I've binge-watched it, like, three nights in a row now, and it's great. I can't wait for the next episode. Um, so, yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's across multiple genres. You got comedy, for sure, but then there's also, you know, a lot of action, there's a lot of, like, spy thriller elements in there, too. We find out that somebody who's really closely connected to one of the main characters is a member of the secret police, and so there's a lot of tension there. It's really, really good. I highly recommend it. Spy X Family. It's on Hulu if you have Hulu, so go check that out. Anyway, thanks for listening to me rant, and I'll check in with you guys next time. Bye! Thanks for listening to Real Nerds Podcast, a Nebulous Visions production. Stream or download episodes, read articles at realnerdspodcast.com. Stream us on Apple or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. Follow us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. Twitter and Instagram, at Real Nerds. Watch us on YouTube, Real Nerds Podcast. Email us at realnerds at gmail.com. Call us at 720-6Nerds5. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill, Mike at Plan 9 Studios, and Bolognium for all of our groovy theme songs. And that's how you fucking do it.